Max's faces, remember? I did not. This is the first time I can recall us discussing the angle of any guy's erection. True, he conceded after some thought. But that Frank guy was really boring. I wasn't interested in hearing about his antics in bed. Come on, he was nice. And boring. He was always really sweet to me. And super boring. Cleo sighed. She really couldn't argue with him. Frank Sharp, whom she dated for two months and slept with twice, in the same night, had been a regular snooze fest. Both in bed and out of it, Cleo had actually fallen asleep during the sex act, both times. Not her finest moment. She'd broken it off with him immediately after that, and hadn't dated anyone else in more than a year. Dante was the first man she'd slept with since then, and poor Frank couldn't compete with that. Most men would have difficulty competing with a guy like Dante Damaso. I'm not going to discuss the matter any further, Cleo said decisively. I've probably broken a dozen of his stupid non-disclosure rules just by telling you about it. Best to let the matter rest and pretend it never happened. Cal gave her a long, level look, and she dodged his gaze. He could look as skeptical as he liked, but Cleo was going to pretend it never happened if it killed her. Cleo had all weekend to think about what she would say and how she would act when she saw Dante again on Monday. She practiced her cool, slightly disdainful looks in the mirror and her professional, Good morning, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. And as you wish, sir, out loud every morning and evening. Yet she was still a bundle of nerves when she walked into the office Monday morning. He must have come to the office at some point over the weekend, because even though he clearly hadn't arrived yet, there was a dictaphone full of emails she had to get ready, and two a 4 size manila envelopes with her name sitting in the middle of her desk. She frowned at the envelopes before picking up the flatter one. She took a deep breath and stuck her finger beneath the flap to open it. The sheaf of papers inside was exactly what she'd been expecting to see, her copy of the non-disclosure agreement officially notarized. She shook her head and shoved it back into the envelope and then into her desk drawer. Well, so much for being cool, calm, and collected this morning. One stupid envelope, and she was feeling anxious and angry at the same time. Her gaze shifted to the other envelope, which was slightly bulkier than the first. She picked it up cautiously, having absolutely no clue what could be inside it. It was ridiculously light, lighter than the first envelope, and Cleo ripped it open with less care than she had the first one. She upended it and watched as a piece of paper fluttered to the desk, followed by a scrap of white cotton. She blinked at it uncomprehendingly for a few seconds, before her eyes widened in recognition. She gasped, blushed, and grabbed up the Hello Kitty boy shorts in a lightning-fast move, terrified that someone would see them. Only after they were safely tucked away in her bag did she shift her attention to the paper that had accompanied the panties. Sure enough, Dante's bold, masculine writing was scrawled across a small square of paper. All it said was, This got mixed in with my stuff, Dee Dee. Cleo crumpled the paper up in her fist and tossed it in the waste paper basket. Lovely. Just when she'd resolved to never again think of their encounter in Japan, he had to bring it all back in graphic detail without even having to be physically present. She sat down behind her desk after getting the fancy coffee machine up and running and watering her old enemy, the ficus. She was well into the emails when Dante finally sauntered in nearly an hour later. Completely focused on her work up until that moment, Cleo was aware of his presence almost immediately. 
She tensed, all her practice and preparation instantly forgotten in the face of his overwhelming presence. Uh, good morning, Miss Knight, he inserted smoothly, before she could get a single word out. I trust the jet lag isn't too bad. It's... Damn, why couldn't she speak? He waited for a moment, but when it became clear that she had nothing to offer other than that one strangled word, he cleared his throat and gestured toward the computer. Are you nearly done with those? She nodded mutely. Good. He shoved his hands into his trouser pockets and rocked back slightly on his heels. Great. Why was he just standing there staring at her? Why didn't he say something or leave? or tell her to go to so-and-so's office for the rest of the day. Peter Whitman's secretary has resigned, he said abruptly, and I feel that the position would be more in keeping with your skill set. Oh. It's a slight dip in salary, but you knew that you'd eventually have to take a step down.